Welcome everyone, episode 7, season 3, 3-7. Three, I was honestly losing count, I was uh, kind of working out before this what episode we're on because I've got two in the bank still trying to get ready and done and getting them produced and out and then we're on to number 7 already. So as if I haven't got two full-time jobs already, now I've given myself a third. But it's all part of the fun, it's why we do this, it's all important to get the people out there, get the people heard about, get the people listened to and to pick on Tony Sin and to laugh at Smashing Mike, and to just give abuse to Adonis. It's all part of what we do. It's the essential three or five a day. So, today on episode seven, again, sticking with the theme of this season, we're looking at some of the up-and-coming talent, looking at some of the big stars that are bubbling through right now, making waves, making their name, ready to break out there. I'm really, really glad when I'm looking around at the moment and seeing cards from around other companies there's a, a, a growing UBW-born contingent appearing on so many other cards, which is great because these people are getting out there. They're getting their names seen. They're getting their talent seen. And this year, I think, there's been more people breaking out and spreading their wings across the UK scene than ever. And one of the regulars that I'm now seeing a pop-up on little shows here and there, on posters, on all the other promotions, making a name, He's undoubtedly one of the biggest stars up and coming right now. Similar to Smashing Mike, liked by everybody, feared by even more. Somebody I'm very, 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 very proud to have on the podcast today. We're going to talk about the journey thus far. We're going to talk about what's next. And I'm going to make sure I don't say anything out of place because I do not want to get my head kicked in. Listeners, please welcome to episode seven of From the Ashes, one half of the current reigning, defending, UBW British Tag Team Champions, one half of the Odyssey and one third of the meme team, Artemis. Thank you. That was a very kind introduction. It's not. It's, not, it's like I've done this kind of thing before, isn't it? It's not. <laughs> it's like I've got some past on this. Yeah. So welcome. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How are you? I, I'm. I'm good. It's. It's Sunday. I'm spending my entire rest day doing graphics for UBW. So you know. The standard. <laughs> Never ends. How have you been today? How's this week been? Have you managed to get through the week okay, not kill anyone? Yeah, it's been an interesting week. I've, uh, uh, my shoot job has sort of taken over a little bit at the minute. Um, I, I haven't been able to train at all this week with wrestling, which has been a bit of a shame. I was meant to come to your session and got caught in a traffic jam and yeah. <laughs> was a bit paid to that, so... It's a bit of an interesting week, really, but we we move. It's it's all good. That's all right. We'll pick it up. I actually saw something earlier on on YouTube. It was um, I don't know where it was. It was a training school somewhere, and they do this thing with the trainees where they'll go. Um, the the instructor will say, "Right, I'm thinking of a wrestler. Uh, I'm going to give you a clue towards this wrestler. If you pass, you got to do five squats. If you make a guess and it's wrong." you got to do 10 squats. And there was something else that was like 20 squats. And and they're going around this whole room of people. I don't know, about a dozen people or so. But it's so vague. Like, first clue is male wrestler. The person <laughs> goes, oh, no, pass. Oh, five squats. Next one, American wrestler. I don't know. And this is going on and on. And eventually you get to the person. And it's so vague things like this person has two feet. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's brutal. But I'm looking at it going, Ah, oh, 
I must tell Tommy Kyle about this because one of us is going to incorporate this into our sessions for sure. Oh God, it's hilarious! But it's a, it's a it's a new version of doing the cards. I mean, quite... I, I don't mind that. I quite like squats, so I I'm uh, I'd probably just keep it going to see other people struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd just be like pass, pass, and you'd literally be saying it's Shawn Michaels. You'd go, yeah, pass, go. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I was, uh, I was just thinking of like, you know, because you had to miss a week's training, we'll have to make it up for that. So we'll have to get you doing the, doing the cards maybe and doing a thousand squats. Fair, make up yeah. as a penance. That is fair. So let's talk about Artemis. Let's talk about the phenom that is Artemis. Now, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised uh, who have been seeing you around the scene, seeing you on UBW and Square One shows and on Sacrifice, on uh, United might be surprised at just how long you've been doing this. So let's let's take a step back and look at how we started out. So you first became pro when? Um, so I had my first match in December. So we are, what, 10, 11 months in now? Um, yeah, so less than a year in. Um, Training-wise, I dabbled a bit before the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, for about a year at Eve in London, which obviously is all female environment, mm-hmm. um, which was great. But it was it was you know traveling into and out of London, not necessarily the most convenient um, for me myself. And just fitting that in with work and everything meant it was quite sporadic. Um, and at that point, I didn't necessarily sort of see it going anywhere, or you know, I didn't necessarily expect to be on shows or anything. It was just more of a I liked the environment, I liked the social aspect of it. Um, and it was quite a a different hobby to have. Obviously, I like the fitness. Um, so it's kind of just an aspect of that. Um, but during the pandemic, it was it was one of those things just just before the pandemic, I'd started going back and was like, right, I'm going to take this seriously now. And I was looking at other schools to start going to and get more training time in. And then like the world shut. Um, yep. And then. Obviously, Square One moved. Was that during the pandemic? He, he set up um, Square One as it is now. It was, it, you were, so we had the original unit um, mm-hmm. just before, I think, just before right. the pandemic. Uh, but it wasn't for long before that hit and we had to close doors. Yeah. So it's like that was on my radar that, that the setup had changed and obviously the ring's there all the time and everything. But I didn't feel confident at that point to just be able to go and go down to the ring and I didn't sort of have anyone locally that I knew very well to train with either. So I waited until last, it must have been May, June time or something when classes started back again. Yeah. Um, and sort of was then going weekly with Tommy Kyle um, at Square One in the beginner sessions, um, which again was a bit of a strange experience because uh, there were there were guys there that, you know, that, that was very much their first, time wrestling and I I dabbled a bit before the pandemic so I wasn't fresh fresh but then you also you know forget a lot of things as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. um so it, in some ways I sort of see it as starting from last summer because it, it was just having to start again in in some ways but um yeah and realistically to, to have got to where you are inside of a year inside of a year and a half from really kind of starting out in terms of training is it's quite insane it's it's a really fast um route to market if you will it's a really fast evolution because 
in 20, God, 21 years that I've been teaching, it normally takes people, it normally takes people at least a year to a year and a half to kind of have the slightest idea and be able to do things like rumbles uh, and, and to be able to do the real basics of stuff. So it's a very fast, fast track approach. But again, you wouldn't have been fast tracked the way you have or gotten to where you have done mm. if you weren't capable and you weren't good enough. Yeah, so it's, it's just a big thing. I think lucky as well with, with the people that I've had around me. Mm. Um, I definitely don't take that for granted. Obviously, yourself and, and Tommy Kyle at, at Square One. Um, I did a lot of training as well with hustle and play fights. So I've had a bit of tutelage from, say, Sid Scala and Cara Noir and Rear O'Reilly and, and those those guys as well. Um, and it, it was one of those things when I remember when you first said to me that you wanted me on a show last year. And I think I looked at you like you were insane. <laughs> yeah, you, you did give me that look of like, <laughs> I know I know you've got cumulative traumatic brain damage, Paul, but are you okay? <laughs> You're having a moment? Are you sure about that? And I think I, I, I said at the, at the time, it's like, okay, well, it's fine. I can, I can start, you know, with square one and, um, you know, maybe, maybe a UBW if if they, I make it that far, but I don't want to branch out too soon. I'm like, I was, I was very, very apprehensive and like not wanting to push myself too much and wanting to make sure that I was ready. Yeah. And then it's just one of these things of like, as this year has, has gone on, I've been very fortunate with the opportunities that I've had to go to various promotions and that's kind of that mentality has completely gone out the window and you know promoters will approach me and I'll be very upfront about you know how long I've been in the business um because I, I want them to be aware of, of my experience as well before before I commit to going anywhere but um yeah it was that thing I was like I'll, I'll just I'll just stick with square one and UBW I won't go anywhere else and then you know we're sort of 11 months in and I think I've been to about 12 promotions this year now. So. <laughs> I mean, it's a very mature approach to have and it's something that you don't get very often with people because quite often people starting out, they're so excited. They want to go work everywhere. They want to do everything. They want to be on every show imaginable, work every person imaginable. And I can understand that completely. I, I was there to a degree in, in my early years, but I always try and make people understand, try and slow gradient this because otherwise you just burn out too quick. Yeah, but sometimes if you're on a, if you're on the horse and the horse is going and the stars have aligned, sometimes you just got to go with it. I think Crowley's a good example of that. Um, he oh, yeah. didn't feel in the slightest bit ready for ninety percent of what he's had in the past two years, but he just <laughs> went with it. And you know who who can who could look at that and go, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. No, yeah, absolutely. I think it is that, you know, I'm, I'm under no illusions. I know Tony Sin made a joke about uh, the fact that I needed to retire. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've just turned 30 and obviously as a female wrestler, that that's the trope that you, you need. That's your retirement age. Um, but obviously outside of wrestling, I am, you know, I do a lot of weightlifting and, and that sort of training. And I'm very, very aware that post 30 there are certain things with the body where things start breaking down and things and I'm I'm fully conscious of that so if things are happening for me now I'm quite happy to kind of go with it yeah and, and it's so I was saying this to you I think last week that that the goalposts have really moved a lot on that because even as little as 10 years ago that was the understanding that you know women would get somewhere between 28 and 30 and they were pretty much done but then you look at things now 
um, Bailey's 34. Mm. And she's just coming into her prime. Yeah. Uh, Becky Lynch is probably around the same area. Uh, Shayna Baszler's closing in on 40. And they, all of these are completely at the top of their game and they're just hitting their stride. And you look at things and you go, well, do you know what? It's not that stopping block that it used to be. It's it's the boundaries have changed very much. And I think, like like you said as well, you've just got to go with it when it's there. It's, it's a thing that I, I say to people all the time when we're talking about um, booking and planning and things and oh, is this person ready now and should we not wait a while and my attitude is covid we lost two years because of that and a lot of people just stopped wrestling take the opportunity now do it now push this person now book this person now do whatever do it now because the chance may get lost absolutely yeah no i'm completely agree so let's look back at pre-wrestling let's mm-hmm. look at um <clears throat> before you got into it what was your kind of exposure when you were younger or coming up through your teens and your 20s? Did you watch a lot of it? Were you interested? Did you ever have the inkling of, oh, I'd love to give that a go? I'll be honest, not really. It's it's a bit of a funny one. So I, I did watch wrestling when I was younger. So I think it would have been the Attitude Era. Um, so I'm sort of thinking late 90s, early noughties, WWF into WWE. It was kind of both around the time I was watching. Um, I, I have two older brothers, so, um, I very rarely had control of what was on the telly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, um, my older brother would, would watch, watch it and I got into it that way and we had, you know, the PlayStation games and all that sort of thing. But it was also still of an era where, um, I couldn't necessarily see myself in what was being portrayed. It was still very much an era of like bar and panties matches and, um, the women's match was quite often a gimmick um, rather than a serious wrestling thing. And I, I, you know, naturally sort of moved away from it. Um, And then it was only meeting my partner. He's obviously very big into wrestling and he was watching a lot of Japanese wrestling. So we're talking sort of five years ago or something. Um, And I'd watch a bit of that with him and I was like, oh, this like, this is really cool. Like this is really good. And we went to a progress match, progress show. I'm trying to think when it was. It might have been 2017. Mm-hmm. It's the first wrestling show I've ever been to. And it was just something clicked when I was yeah. there. I watched, um, again, there was only one women's match on the card. And it was it was um, a 70s-themed show. And the match was uh, Nina Samuels against Isla Dawn and I, th- I think they had different names for the show because it was like 70s themed yeah it was just something clicked and I was like oh my god and um Nina very quickly became like my favorite wrestler <laughs> um and it was just like oh that's so cool and uh obviously J- John had done a bit of training so I was sort of dabbling with the idea of it and never really went with it and I say at the time, uh, I had a fear of my neck being touched. Um, it's like you see in wrestling, they lock up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be able to do it. That's just not going to be for me. <laughs> um, and then it was, it was uh, yeah, my, my partner, John, his dad sent a, a thing over. I think it was Time Out magazine advertising that Eve had a free session to go along to. So... I thought, oh, I'm not doing anything Saturday. It's free. Like, obviously, I have to pay for the train, but um, how often do you get a free activity in London? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I went to one session and it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is, this is cool. Um, How did you get over the whole neck thing? Because obviously this, this kind of discomfort of the, the mental discomfort of the idea of somebody touching your neck, how did you get around that? Because obviously one of the first things we do is learning about locking up, taking a headlock, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was literally through wrestling. It was It's this thing of like having the mentality of like, this is coming. And it's like, I think for me, it's like, even now I think if somebody went for my neck and I wasn't expecting it, I wouldn't be accountable for what happened. Yeah, but <laughs> that would be the honest thing. But I think in wrestling, it's like it's kind of that an element of like consent and controlled environment. Yeah, it's and a I, dance, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, similar to a dance. You know, you, you if 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 I was to come up to you and say, "Hey, let's hold hands," you'd be like, "That's a bit uncomfortable, Paul. Let's not do that." <laughs> but then, if we were doing, if we were involved in something like Strictly and we were doing a waltz, we wouldn't think anything of it because it's exactly, part yeah. of what you're doing. I, I get, get where you're coming from there completely. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it just one of those things and it, it helped me get over that. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, it probably helped that I didn't bump in any sessions for quite a while. Mm. Um, I was training for a while at Eve and there wasn't always a ring available. So <laughs> I don't think I fully understood the sort of physical discomfort of it until we did a session that was fully about bumping. Yeah. And I remember going to watch a wrestling show literally we went to training I went to train in the morning then we went to this show in the afternoon and I was like having to almost physically hold my head up with my hands because yeah. my neck hurt so much yeah from the movement of like bumping because it's such a weird you know you tuck your chin so much over sort of two three hours or whatever it was that we were doing it and I was like oh this is why people say it hurts <laughs> and that's one of the things that everyone underestimates as well like Obviously, you, your back takes a lot of punishment when you're training, and you think, mm-hmm. "Well, that's going to be the one thing I'm going to be hunched over the next day, or my joints are going to be sore." And that's all true, but there's nothing quite like the neck because you need it for stability, and you're using it all the time. And when you start straining those muscles, all the ones up the side and up the facet joint that are holding it together, it's just the worst. I think it's one of those things as well. Like again, I I do a lot of gym work, so a lot of my muscles are used to being worked. Um, I've come from a, a combat background. I used to do karate, so I've, I've like used to certain physicality and taking hits and being taken down and stuff like that. But with bumping, like your neck, you don't use your neck like that in any other context. <laughs> so the muscles just aren't used to doing it. No, exactly. So it's just such a shock to those muscles. And now it's like I don't even, I, I never really get that unless I've taken a bad bump. Mm. You know, it's it's fine now, but. And I remember in the early sorry, 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 I was talking over you there. Say that again. I was already too far in at that point, anyway. So it's like I was already committed. I was doing it. (laughs) Yeah, you're too. Yeah, I get you're too far in. I get that completely. But I remember kind of. um, I'm trying to remember when it was, but it was fairly early on when I think John came along to a show. and he brought you along or he, he put something online potentially and, and you were on it. I don't know. Or I think you'd gone to a show. Somehow I'd, I'd known you before you were training. Mm. And I remember at that time thinking, what, okay, number one, I need to get John back into training <laughs> because he just, he just, we need John back. But number two, I remember looking and going, I really hope, I really hope that she picks this up, that she wants to do wrestling one day. And because I remember you were kind of, 
enjoyed it, but you had no interest in getting involved, really. Yeah, and I was thinking, I, I was hoping you would. Yeah, it wasn't. It hadn't sparked in me yet. Mm. Hadn't. I think for me, I hadn't got it. Yeah. There's a point. Like, I do think it was that progress show. It was like a light interest. Yeah. But there were, I think there was something about that show. I don't. I can't even put my finger on what it was. That something just clicked, mm. and I was like, I get it. This is incredible. <laughs> but I could remember the first time that I, I met you in any way, shape, or form. I, I got a vibe straight away because I remember thinking, okay, she's she's got the athletic background. She has confidence. She has presence. She could really do very well with this if she wanted to. Mm. But of course, you can't fool somebody into doing. Come on, do wrestling. No. But I was always thinking, like, hoping she gets the itch one day because I think she could be a big star in this. I think she could be a talent and add to this. But, of course, you know, you had to find your own way there. So I was really happy when you did actually start training. Uh, and I think, and this is interesting that you said this a little while ago, I think sometimes it's really helpful when people aren't live, breathe, eat, sleep, die wrestling. Because... A lot of the time, the people that get involved in it that are like that, they put too much emotional investment in it. And oh, when they don't, yeah, and then when they don't get on every show or they don't get a championship within six months or they don't get on a poster or, you know, they're not thought of immediately as, as, a, as a talent, it's nothing personal to them, but they take it quite personal mm. because it means too much to them. It's just too passionate. And sometimes, like Crowley, for example, I don't think Crowley watches much wrestling. I think that's a real benefit and one of the reasons why he succeeded because it means everything to him, but it's not like life or death. And mm -hmm. I think that's a real help. And I think that's one thing that's helped you that you want to do this. You're passionate about it. You're dedicated to it, but it's not like your waking moment every time. Oh yeah, for sure. Like um, I do watch some wrestling, not a lot. Um, and I do enjoy what I watch, but it is it is one of those things that, there's only so much time in the day. <laughs> it's like part of my issue. So it's even like when I want to watch wrestling, even from like a tape study point of view, finding the time to do it can be a challenge. Um, and that that's part of the part of the issue. But um, I do, I do enjoy wrestling, and I I I think for me I prefer going to live shows than than watching it on TV. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's just how it translates. Um, I just mm. personally prefer watching it live. Um, I think when you're live, you feel it. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think there's like an almost more of an emotional connection to it. Yeah, you feel it uh, a lot more. I think I care more. That's the thing as well. Yeah. Like I think we said this before. I think for me, like storytelling's a big thing because it can be wrestlers that do great things, but if I don't really care, absolutely, why, why am I rooting for them? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't. I don't get two a.m text from you saying uh, what's your favorite time that you've ever seen uh ricochet um wear green like mike does you know you, you get I, them I get as well i'm sure like, yeah i get sort of clips of like is this the best match ever and i'm like oh yeah. cool cheers mike it's great because i know every day i start my day off i know the first thing i'm going to have on my phone is going to be something from mike somewhere between 1 and 3 a.m yeah. of watching something and going isn't this the best match you've ever seen? And did you know that um, uh, uh, Mike Awesome had 11 fingers? No, Mike. <laughs> thanks a lot for that. I, and, and I love him for it. And a picture of a Five Guys burger. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I had, I had one from him last night. It was just um, it's like a bottle of Jack Daniels, and I went, "Yeah, you celebrating the honey something." One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Are you celebrating? Are you depressed? What's going on, Mike? Are you okay? And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm just having a night out." Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then I'll get another one in a couple of days, which will be a picture of a burger going. Are you jealous? You jealous? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mike, it's two a.m. I'm fine. I'm asleep. Leave me alone. I love him. He's the best person. Yeah, he is. And again, it's like he's one of those people that I'm. I'm very grateful uh, to and like he uh, he came to my first match in December against Tommy Kyle. He specifically bought tickets. He was like, "I'm going to be there. I'm going to come watch you and support you." And um, and he is definitely one of the people that has been putting my name out to promoters as well. Yeah. Um. So you know, he's he's a good good guy, good person to have. Mike well. Mike is the best of people. Mike is, is phenomenal, yeah. But Mike, I know Mike's a, a big support of you, and he, similarly, he sees the ability in you. He wants you to do well. Uh, but, you know, Mike's the kind of guy that if, if you know, if, if somebody was to hit him with a brick, he'd apologise for making their brick dirty. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. He loves everyone so much. He's, he's a fantastic, fantastic person. But going back to your start, so when you first come down to square one, and obviously you'd had a, a bit of previous experience with Eve, you come down mm-hmm. to square one, uh, you meet a whole car- new cast of characters, all these different people. Who was in your kind of class at the time? Because I know who you've come up with, but who was in your class at the time when you started there? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think back because it, it sort of evolved a little bit. But I think, so originally there was, I was there the first beginner session. I think that was Tony Sin's first session. And he was there. Yeah. He, should, um, he should still be in beginners, to be honest, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he probably goes back there because he gets fed up of you selling him now. <laughs> it's probably what it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Harrison was around as well. I don't think he was at the very first one that I went to, but he uh, was there fairly regularly. Rags was there a lot. Um Gosh, see, I'm, I'm trying to like I can barely remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. I'm trying to think. About. <laughs> um, who we got? Joffrey, who's coming up. He, you know, he had his rumble appearance, I think, in September. He he was there, and Hippo as well. Um, so those guys were in there. It was quite a strange thing for me again, coming from Eve, where it'd been an all female environment. I very quickly went into a class where I was the only girl there. Yeah. Um, which to be to be fair, it was it was a really good environment at Square One. I never had an issue mm. that being the case. Um the only the only thing I say <laughs> was uh learning vaulting into the ring. It's just something that I struggle with. Um and I was in this class of these boys with springy legs and all their <laughs> weight is in their shoulders and yeah. they're just vaulting over the ropes like it's nothing. And I'm there and I'm just like, Why are they doing this so easy? How can I not do this? And it was like I didn't get it. And then it, I think I spoke to Evie Madden and she was like, it's it's because you're a girl. She was like, generally, it doesn't matter that you're a girl or a boy. It, it doesn't. But it's like physiologically, yeah. as a girl, your weight is in your hips, not in your shoulders. And, it, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah um, different weight distribution, different kind of muscle fibers. Um, it's just, yeah. it clicked. And I was like that just makes so much sense. but because I was just in this class of boys and they're all just doing it so easy and I was just like this is not fair yeah it's a harder route sometimes and, and I, I remember having this discussion very early on with Evie um with uh, old Bobby Stevie Turner um 
it, it's a different thing, and it's it's just adapting to it. It's there's there's things that that the female athletes are far better at than the males are, and there's things that the males have a more natural ability for. It's one of it's because of testosterone, one of it's because of of body composition. There's mm-hmm. so many different things, but it's just learning to work around that, and then um, it's just work. Like I say it's working with that rather than against it. And for sure, yeah, it hasn't held you back. That's the key thing. No, that's the thing. I think it was like that was the one the one thing that I remember where I was like, I just it just did not come naturally at all vaulting in and even now like I can do it but I don't do it because it's it's not something I'm good at and if you're with these lads that can jump really high why why would I be jumping and not doing a a great job of it and you know I work to my skill set um the same way that they work to theirs but at the same time, Tony Sin fell over running across a crash mat. So, you know, oh. <laughs> let's not worry too much. <laughs> Love you, Sin. That was, that was, he did it twice as well. It it, well what made it was the fact that it, it almost like a script, it followed, I'm going to nail it this time. Yeah. And in the same kind of context as I don't make mistakes, you know, one of the typical Sin, I don't, I don't do things wrong. You can't, can't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, bless him. He's a good lad. I'm going to do it this time. Yeah. So, uh, thinking back to when you first went on a show, I'm trying to think, it was was, it, it was you and Tommy Carl was your first match? It was, yeah, December 11th. How yeah. did that feel for you, nerves-wise? Because a, there's a big difference between doing this at a school and you're in a closed environment and there's no pressure on you apart from just try and learn it, to I'm in front of a crowd now, I'm performing, I've got a time limit, I'm in there with one of the best, I've got my working boots on, how did the nerves hit you or were you just like cool calm good um it was quite interesting actually I think in some ways when I when I knew it was going to be Tommy Kyle there's an element of okay this is really good because it he's a totally safe pair of hands like I could do the worst possible mistakes in that ring in that match and we would be fine and we would get through the match there was an element of of like of that um <laughs> planning the match and just being like I've got to remember a match I've got to remember a match like I've got to get through from you know the start bell to the finish bell and know what I'm doing and and it was like oh my god how am I going to do this was, like I said I sometimes don't remember what I had for breakfast the previous day so it it felt like a lot of nerves to begin with when I when I when it got announced and it was booked it was like oh my god okay I've got this date now and then as it got nearer to the day I was like actually I'm feeling all right about this this feels all right I'm I know what I'm doing I can do this I wouldn't have been put on the show if they didn't think I was capable of of being there um it's going to be fine and then it's um which I still have now on the day we were you know we were sort of behind the curtain and I was fine I was fine I was fine and then it was just that moment when you're behind the curtain waiting to come out I was like oh my god and the nerves just hit like a ton of bricks it's like oh my god oh my god um but I look back at the match and I felt fine doing my entrance and then for me it was like I had to wait for Tommy Carl to do his entrance and I was just in the ring and there were people looking at me and I was like I just want to get into the wrestling now yeah um, and I, I remember feeling incredibly nervous at that point. Um, but like, I, I, I'm not um, a stranger to being in front of people. Previously, I, I used to do like musical theatre as a teenager. 
Um, And I was a drama kid at school. Um, So I've been like on the stage in front of, you know, various sizes of crowds and things. So that element of it was never the thing that drives the nerves for me. Um, And yeah, once we started the actual match, that just for me just went away. Like I I can't really remember acknowledging the crowd. Um, At that point, it was was sort of just like me and Tommy Kyle in the ring. Yeah. Um, And there were brief moments where I'd sort of tune into the crowd. But once we were wrestling, it was like, oh, I know what I'm doing. We can do this and this is fine. Um, but it was after the show, because uh, obviously the, the Square One show is in the evening as well. Mm. I got home and I did not sleep. Like, I got in bed and I was buzzing off the adrenaline. Yeah, adrenaline's a bitch for that. Like nothing else I'd ever experienced. Um, and then I, I had my, my next match the next day on a student show and got concussed. So that knocked it back out me. So <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was a good introduction. I mean, I've I've seen people go out there on their first match and wow, you know, completely just tear the place apart like Crowley. Mm-hmm. I've seen other people go out there and, and it takes a bit more time and they just rush through it and get to A to B to C to D. But I can say to everybody, you know, look at the repeat bookings. One booking is one thing. Look at the repeat bookings. If you get yeah. booked again and you get reused and you put in a good position, that shows you've done well. And it shows that the powers that be have faith. Uh, and I think, you know, there was no question early on. Tommy Carl's feedback was good. Um, mm-hmm. Me watching it, everything was good. And just looked and went, yeah, she's got it. She'll make it. If she sticks at it, she'll be good at this. And it just kind of exploded from there, really. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly uh, faster pace than I thought it would. Um, yeah. Because sure. I think it wasn't, was it, it wasn't too long after that we started doing the whole meme team idea, was it? When did we start that? Uh, it was Mimia, so that would have been February. Ah, yeah, so not long um, at all. When you'd booked me and then forgot to told me, tell me. So <laughs> your 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 first hand very very um, appraised of my horrendous memory issues. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I literally had a conversation with Spicer uh, the week before the last square. Uh, no, the week before the last main show, and. Uh, I said, I'll see you at the weekend. And I went, oh, yeah, you booked at the weekend, Spice. He's like, yeah, you booked me. Did I? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm working uh, Tommy Kyle. Oh. On the show oh. that was named after him. Yeah, I, I was like, exactly that as well. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's looked at me like, are, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. I've Literally, there's so many shows going on. I'm doing so many graphics. I'm booking so many matches. I have no idea what's going on. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not surprised that I'd, I'd put you and forgotten because I just I don't know what's happening most of the yeah, time. Yeah, there was a, a bit of an exchange. Hugo Bloom had messaged me asking if I was looking forward to the show. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it should be a good show. And he was like, and what about your match? And I was like, sorry, what? My my match? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was um, me. It, it was you a- and Crowley, wasn't it? Oh, well, me and Crowley did Spectrum, didn't we? We did uh, ah yeah see i'm getting i'm getting it all last that was that was december that would have been the last show last year yeah and i was i was memes's surprise uh tag partner that's right and against frankie vegas and pvc i think it was there we go now it's all falling into place yeah um 
and obviously that was the introduction of of Adonis also as well as part of the meme team and yeah. um, the three of us from there. It's because Mimia this year was in Peterborough, so that throws me completely off. Yeah. So unnatural. I just it's just a kind of blur in my head. But yeah, I mean I mean, that was obviously a pretty big challenge, getting straight into it, into it with a you know, experienced people and uh, big kind of expectations, big show of the year. Uh, I think they- that that one I was almost more nervous about mm. than my first match with Tommy Kyle. Um, partly again, it's it's that thing of like, oh, tag match is a slightly different yeah. type of type of match. Um, obviously, I'm with, memes is such a huge personality and is so loved and hated in equal measure, I suppose, <laughs> at UBW uh, by the by the regular fans. Um, and it it was this match where it's you know I'm in the ring with three people that are, are well established. And that felt quite nerve wracking, um, just going into it. And I remember trying to plan the match, and I was, I was, I was just like worried that I was going to forget things. And as it happened, the bell rang, and straight away Frankie Vegas has dragged me off, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is not what we're meant to be doing. <laughs> like curse under his breath, and I'm like, he knows this is not what we're meant to be doing as well. So I'd, I was worrying so much that I was going to mess the match up, or make the mistakes or whatever and just literally the first thing that happened was was Frankie made a mistake and it was like oh it's fine and it was you know and actually what I found with that was the the benefit of tag matches is you've got so many people there to talk to yeah and remind you of what's going on and you know memes guiding through that match as well um and actually it was it was a really fun match but again it was I had that moment of just like before I went out the curtain, just like my stomach just disappeared through the floor, and I was like, "Oh my god, I do this!" <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, because from a booking perspective, um, quite often you put people when they're coming through and starting out into tag matches because they haven't got a whole match to worry about themselves, and they can have mm-hmm. time to think. But at the same time, tag wrestling is so much harder, and it it's is, more yeah. complex, and, it, and it's. It's almost a double-edged sword of like, okay, I haven't got to look after the whole match, but I've got to, I've got to do a lot in this, and I've got to think of how everything connects together. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I th- I like to put people into that position because if you're going to learn, mm-hmm. tag matches are a good way of learning the ebb and flow, the psychology, the storytelling, very early on because they have more of it generally than singles matches do. Yeah, um, and hopefully it all sinks in a bit more because you're kind of almost in the deep end. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think, you know, obviously I've tagged quite a lot this year, especially with, with Adonis. Um, and I've I've always enjoyed tagging. I think my favourite tag match might have been the three versus three at square one. Um, it was meme team against Sassy with Spicer and Josh Roberts. Yes, that was a really, really good... Because the thing is with... with... Any matches that involve more than four people, mm-hmm. things the 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 possibility of things falling apart ramps up enormously. <laughs> and I I was very nervous going into that match watching it. Like it's a lot of moving parts and it's a lot of different people here. But for a six person, that actually was one of the better six persons I've watched live. It was really good and it was hot start to finish. Mm, it was and the the I remember the crowd that like at that show would really into it as well they yeah. were really into it 
they were um so it was it was just a really good atmosphere and i had a lot of fun in that match so we always had the idea with a meme team of you having that kind of batista role because you've got that that presence about you that you emanate that badassery i think when we first spoke early on about what kind of character you were going to be and one of the first things i said was you, you've just got to be a badass you've just got to be an ass kicking mm-hmm. destructive badass and it made sense for you to have that that batista role of you're the muscle of the team you're the you're the uh um the security aspect which i think yeah. is really interesting as well as a dynamic because memes is so much bigger than you <laughs> So much bigger than Adonis. He's enormous compared to the Beheri You. You're actually, you know, in, in height, you're the smallest one of the group. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's one of the things that really works so well because you're the one that people look at and go, well, okay, if anyone's going to be the, the, the Batista in this team, it's not going to be her. But then yeah. you are. And you're the security. You're the, you're the insurance. You're the damagement. You're the, 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 the muscle of the team. And I think that has really helped people kind of gravitate towards you because – you're not just for somebody like Batista or for somebody like I don't know, uh, say Wardlow. It comes in terms of looking to the fans. It's natural. Oh, that big dude's going to bash people up. Yeah. But then when they see you doing it, they're like, "Well, she's overcoming almost kind of odds against her because of her size." And she's everyone sees that and goes, "Okay, yeah, I'm buying yeah. into this." And I think they really get on board with it. I think it's a surprise element. I think is the yeah the thing and um it might have been the square one rumble earlier this year where it's like I come out and I sort of got a bit of a reaction and then I start throwing people around in the ring um and it sort of didn't matter who they were they were getting they were getting slammed and uh suplexed and I think people were quite like oh okay yeah okay um and I think even now it's it's that you know being a female in wrestling, there there can be times where you wrestle and and people aren't sure. Certainly, if you're wrestling against men, um, there's still certain groups of people that feel uncomfortable about about that. And we we were talking about this the other week, where I said about um, there was a fate show that I did in the summer, and I was in a triple threat with two guys, mm-hmm. and um they sort of teamed up on me and you know but the crowd were quite happy for me to get thrown around but they felt uncomfortable if I was getting hit yeah um and I think that was a very much like a not not a usual wrestling crowd following whereas like then I look back at say uh the Wellin show where me and Adonis tagged against Hugo and Spike and I took some quite heavy hits in that and people really enjoyed it they they you know they've got that got the right reaction that we want and it wasn't the same thing and it um I think it was Mark that sort of said it was like it's fine because it's like you're giving it as good as you're receiving it and people are quite happy to see you getting hit hard yeah because they know you can take it and you give it back (laughs) yeah exactly that it's an interesting thing because I I bang this 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 drum all the time but I you know I don't use the term female wrestler I don't I don't believe in it. I've trained too many female athletes over the years and worked with too many. I don't believe in the idea of a female wrestler. If if you are a wrestler and you you identify as female, not a problem. If you are a wrestler and you identify as male, not a problem. If you identify as non-binary, not a problem. It's it's all the same. Mm-hmm. But I think when you start putting people into boxes, it's very hard to get them out of them, which is why I'm, 
I'm, I'm always 50-50 about weight divisions as well for the same reason. But sure, I yeah. don't like using the term female wrestler because I'm designating you as a certain thing straight away. You're not. You're part of the roster. Uh, okay, you're not going to throw memes around. Neither's rags. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not maybe going to do um, uh, uh, as many uh, high-flying or power moves as, as um, Levi. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither's Adonis. Yeah. So why should everyone be? Why should there be any designation different for you, for Evie, for Rain, for Luna, anybody else? You're wrestlers. You're wrestlers. That's it, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, I'm trying no. really hard to reprogram the fans with that as well. But to your point as well, I think it was interesting because on that same show, not on the Wednesday show, it was on a recent Square One show. It was Evie against Crowley. Mm-hmm. And when Crowley was getting physical with Evie, they, they were okay, but they were a little bit, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a fine line and we're getting close to it. Mm. When it came to you, you're getting bumped around, thrown around, clotheslined, smacked around, and everyone's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> hit her harder. Again, because you portray yourself thus far as, I'm a badass, I can give it, and you know I'm getting in there and I'm laying it into the guys. So sure, it yeah. gets across them straight away. Well, okay, well, she's, she's going to take as good as she gets. And it breaks down that barrier a lot. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, I, I really like the fact that at UW you don't sort of limit people in that way of like weight class and, you know, female wrestler and mm. um, that I think in some ways it, it would it would just limit people, like you say. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, go, go into other promotions. There's other promotions that are similar, like United. Uh, <laughs> There was a tag match recently where Aluna Blue essentially got absolutely beat the crap out of by Roy Johnson and and Roth. Yeah. Um, but it was great. The crowd bloody loved it. It was, you know, it was a really good match, and they were telling a really good story. It wasn't just you know violence for the sake of violence. Yeah. Um, but equally, there's other places where um, I don't know that that they had it in their mind that I was going to be booked against this particular female wrestler and they couldn't do it. And then they're like, oh, I'll have to find you another another girl to wrestle against. And I'm like, I'll wrestle whoever. Like, exactly. You know, but th- there definitely is still some slightly, yeah. I'd say, older fashion sort of thinking within wrestling in certain promotions, certain circles. Yeah, um, it takes like a long while. I just had a book in recently where it was a tag match and they wouldn't book us as the Odyssey. Yeah. They wanted an all-male tag team. They they didn't do intergender. Yeah, and it is difficult because I know we had a show probably about a year or so ago where someone got uncomfortable with the male-on-female physicality in mm. the audience. And it was an outlier. It was only one person. But I, I can understand from a promotional point of view, you'd be like, yeah, be careful because we don't want to get complaints. It's difficult. But luckily, they are very rare now. They're very few and far between. I think you have to book it and handle it the right way. Like, well, for example, if I was working, I would I would hit Crowley harder than I'd hit Rags, mm-hmm. and I don't hit hard. I don't hit anyone hard, but I would I would go in more with like slams or or clotheslines or whatever with Crowley more than I would do Rags purely mm-hmm. as a courtesy because he's not built to absorb as much punishment. Yeah, for and sure. at the same time, I would want people not to land on me full whack as they might do more on memes because mm-hmm. he's got more padding than I have. Um, so you just adapt it to that. So, you know, working with someone of a smaller stature or smaller weight, it, it, rein it in. Don't go silly with it. Yeah. But 
at the same time, yeah, there is a level of reintroducing the fans to that. And I think if they can see that, and as long as they can see the smaller person still alive at the end and they can still move around, and at the end of the day, it's about that that smaller statured person getting their revenge and getting the chance to bump that other person around and start putting the boots to them and stuff because then it shows it's an equal plane. But it, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Yeah, I think, again, it's that thing of playing to your strengths and um, using what you have in your arsenal as a wrestler. Yeah. Um, like, I'm never going to be Speedy Gonzalez in the ring. Like, I'm not a fast person. Um, and I use my strength more so. Um, but somebody say like Leo Edwards can move quite well and quickly and use evasion and get up, you know, the upper hand in in that way. So, and I think we found out with you very early on as well that you've got this good base and you've got this power base. And mm-hmm. very early on, I remember like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make sure you learn exploder suplexes. You're gonna learn how to throw people, catch people, just murder people. <laughs> because you can. And I remember watching last week's show where you do the spot with Adonis where he dives across the person. You catch him and slam yep. him on them. When he did that last week, I was like, he's jumping from a bit far away. Is she going to be okay catching him? And you didn't even you didn't even budge. You're just like, boom, <laughs> yep, off we go. And you see that and you're like, okay, I can believe in her now as being equal to the guys because you are. You're smashing people around and it's it's fantastic to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. You've got the power. So, obviously, with the journey we've done thus far, you've kind of, yeah, it's been difficult as well because you and Adonis have a problem at the moment. <laughs> For me as a booker, you are a pain in my booking backside because we've done all this work for the past year to make you two dislikable. And it's so easy with Adonis because, you know, outside of the ring, he's just a dislikable person. Bobby. <laughs> yeah. We put all this work into making you hated, into making you despicable, and they keep cheering you. <laughs> it's mostly Donis's damn family, but they're cheering you. And even the other people now, when you're coming out, they're cheering you because you're cool. You've got this swagger, you've got this presence, you've got this confidence. And for me, it's like, for God's sake, this is ruining everything. I but think it's good. As well, sometimes where we're almost a bit bumbling about. Uh, and things are sort of going wrong they almost end up rooting for us to get something right it's like... yeah yeah but it, it happens because you've got that see one of the things as well and I was, I was going to come to this but I will go into it now looking at you from a year ago and looking at you now you, there's a clear very clear progression mm-hmm. it's a conversation I was having with Evie as well recently she was saying that it's almost a shame that your earliest stuff is all available nowadays. It's all on YouTube. It's all out yeah. there because it's like, oh, that's a version of me when I wasn't as good. And I said, yeah, I get your point. But at the same time, it shows your growth. And yeah. a good promoter won't just look at the matches that you've sent them. They'll look at matches from where you were two years ago to where you are now. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And they'll see that growth and progression. And the Artemis that, worked Tommy Kyle a year ago compared to the Artemis that was working on England's last week, mm-hmm. it's a different person. You can see you've got so much more confidence in yourself, in your presence, in where you are, your ring positioning, your timing. It's it's rapidly improved. I think some of this comes with the fact that you, you are older, so you've got maturity, but also just you as a person. Do you feel 
more confident now, would you say? I think so, yeah. I think, obviously, going back to last December, I think, I've, I, like, I, as a person, just generally, I've had a thing with my confidence. It does sort of peak and trough. Um, and I'll have absolute moments of complete self-doubt. And then moments where I'm just like, I can totally do this. This is absolutely fine. Um, I'm sure many people have that. Um, but I, de- I definitely do feel that I have that to extremes at times. Um, but I think, again, a lot of it is just getting out there, doing the reps, going to different promoters. And like you said, the, the, for me, the the kudos that, you know, the things that I feel most pr- proud about is not when I get a new promoter approaching me, but when that promoter asks me back a second time. Yeah. And that's been like, for me, I'm like, oh, I must have done something right um, for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of gives you a bit of a boost as well of like, um, you know, I can do this. And again, I mentioned earlier, having the right people around is really important. Um, obviously yourself, you give good feedback, you identify ways forward as well, like with the character, um, Tommy Kyle, he's always, he always has such good feedback. He watches your matches. He cares about how you do. He'll give you what's good, but he'll also tell you what you need to improve. Yeah. Uh, Crowley is another one for me, a big one who, you know, he'll give his time and he'll drop me, he dropped me a message the other day saying about, um, we did a promo for UKPW and he'd watched that back and um, he gave me some good feedback for that. And um, it's having all these supportive people around that are giving you feedback and you get the good with the bad. And it took me a little while. So to begin with, it's it's that thing of like, when when you're first starting out, there's a lot more to improve. Um obviously like you're you're earlier on and you're less confident you less know what you're doing but um it was maybe my second or third match I was like right I need to figure out right every match I need to take away one good thing that I did and one thing I need to improve and nothing more than that because when you try and pick out and then you've got four or five things that you want to work on it can get a bit overwhelming and you what you end up doing is not improving on any of those things because you're trying to work on them all at once exactly so I have tried to take it break it down to that level of like what's one thing that I want to improve on um even to like <laughs> recently it's I got to a point where I was like right my bumps have got to be sorted it's been a problem for me since my first match where my feet just don't come up well one of them doesn't one of my feet always stays grounded <laughs> and it, it had been a real annoyance for me and I know I do it and I hadn't been able to crack it mm. so it's one of those things where I've put it on the back burner and then I'll come back to it and then it goes back on the back burner because it just it's a constant battle for me um and I I drilled it you know I drilled stuff down at the training academy and in that environment it's fine my bumps are fine and then I go into a match and just one foot stays down and it's like as I hit the floor on the mat I'm like that foot that foot was still down you know most commonly you know what you know what you say you know what it normally is what's that because you're thinking yeah I think I think part of it is I'm thinking about what's coming next. Yeah. And I'm thinking about I need to feed up. And I'm also sort of I'm always more concerned about it. Like if I get hurt in a wrestling match, I'm never particularly concerned. I'm more worried about hurting someone else. Yeah. 
Um, and I think half of it is that as well. Like, oh, if I just chuck my legs up, am I going to end up kicking someone? Do, do, do you know what I mean? You get that sort of <laughs> thought of like, am I just going to like have a stray leg just go off um, at a weird angle? Yeah. I, I've uh, never seen that in 25 years. So I know. Like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> Stupid thought. Um, but I, I think, I think I might be there with it now. Um, and funny enough, it was the other weekend where I had three shows in a day. Yeah. Wrestled four times and had four opportunities to be like, right, I'm drilling this today. That's what I'm doing. These matches, every match, that's going to be my focus. Yeah. Because it gave me the chance to drill it in practice. Um, and sure enough, it, you know, all my bumps that day. I'd say with the exception, there was one in uh, my match with Evie where the foot just stayed down and it was like, goodness sake. But It takes time. Yeah, every match after that, that day, my feet were up, my feet were up, my feet were up. And I was like, we're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) There's things like that though. They do just suddenly, they'll just suddenly click one day. And because the thing is, and I I say this to people quite a lot, well, I used to when I was doing the the early classes, the the kind of beginner's classes, um, this is the most unnatural thing you could possibly want to do with your spare time. Oh, totally. First thing we learn as a child is don't fall over. Yeah. <laughs> first thing you learn. And then the first thing you're taught after that is, well, if you do fall over, put your hands down. Yeah. Or, or do everything possible to try not to take any impact on any part of your body. Yeah. First thing we learn is fall over a lot and make as much impact as you can. So it's completely alien to us, and it, and it takes a long while to retrain your body into doing basically stupid shit. I think for me, it's it's as a kid, like so. I had problems with my ears mm. up until about the age of six or seven, something like that. So I fell over a lot as a mm. kid. Um, it would be one of those things where my mum would get exasperated because I'd fall over and she'd send me to school and I would have new cuts on my knees and I'd reopen the same cuts like constantly on my knees. My knees were a state. Um, So it's like falling over as a kid, not a problem. Like it it didn't faze me because it just was part of (laughs) being a kid, I think. Like certainly for me, that was part of my growing up experience was falling over a lot. (laughs) It, It was more like coming into adulthood and like, if you fall over as an adult, that could be two, three days of feeling absolute pain in random yeah. places in your body. It's like you, the, the grown-up body cannot take falling over no. in the same way as a ch- child's body can. And I think a lot of my protective instincts like that came in in adulthood rather yeah. than in childhood. And then it's like I've only just learned these things, and now I've got to completely unlearn them yeah. again <laughs> for yeah. us. Like I say, the thing with wrestling is it, it's completely opposite of survival instincts. It's yeah, it's and it's totally, you, you've spent decades learning. It's it's completely alien. I, I was laughing the other day, remembering a couple of years ago, I was I was on holiday. I was in Malta, and I'd gone down to reception. Oh, I forgot something important in the room, and I ran back. I don't know why. I don't run anywhere, mm. but I was running down the corridor. And in the in the time from me leaving the room to going downstairs to going back, they mopped the floor. <laughs> And it's 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 bolted. They don't put safety signs out. They just you know, it's good luck. And I've run, and it's a big marble floor, and I've slipped, and I've gone straight up in the air, and I've God. done a perfect back bump on oh. a marble floor, which was which was great because you know it's protecting everything. But I was laid there afterwards, going, "Oh, my soul hurts. Why did I do that?" 
Because if I tried to actually, you know, not break fall it, I probably would have actually had less pain. Yeah. Was, my instincts went, make a big bump. And I was up in the air, you know, <laughs> legs up in the air, push your back out. Oh, God, this really sucks. But again, it's just through reps and from over the years and years of doing it, you, you completely okay. retrain. But then, you know, there's other times when I've kind of slipped down the stairs and rather than trying to actually protect myself, I'm just like, well, I'm in the hands of the gods now. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, it, it is completely alien. But going back to what you were saying as well just now, you know, having three shows in a day was really good to kind of drill it to you on, on, on real time in live time. But let's totally. not gloss over that. Three shows in one day. That's yeah. That's a big thing for anyone, let alone your first year. And I wrestled four times as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's an insane achievement, realistically, to be just a year in and have that many bookings, three in one day. I know there's a lot of promotions around now, and there's more work than there's ever been in the entire 26 mm-hmm. years I've been doing it. But still, to be picked by three companies to work on three shows and all fighting for you on one day, and I actually very proud of that. I had another promoter ask if I was available that day as well. It was, oh God. It was a bit of a strange one where it was like, what's going on? Everyone's got shows on the same day. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously I, I had to turn that down. Um, there was no way. I don't, I don't think I would do three in a day again. Uh, <laughs> it is a lot, yeah. It, it, was, lot. it was more the stress. It was like of traveling between them. Yeah. Getting there, I mean, at sacrifice, we had to just arrive and wrestle. We were the first on the card. And it was such a great learning experience. And it was was a really enjoyable day, but it was very full on and it was quite stressful at times. (laughs) I remember when we were were planning these shows and I I spoke to Hustle about it and we're like, you know, is it going to be okay? And we moved our show back a little bit of time. I said, look, if we finish at the right time, everyone can get there with... 15, 20 minutes to spare before the show starts. Is that okay? He's like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll work it out. Uh-huh. And part of me was thinking, oh, you know, there's a lot of pressure to put on them. But the other half of, well, I'd say half, probably about 80% of me, was thinking, no, make them do it. It'll be good yeah. for it. It's character building. They're going to have to get there and learn to just go out and work and feel it. And I was like, in my back of my mind, I was like, this is going to be really good for anyone that's doing a double and a triple because you're going to get put on the hot spot. You've got to have to go there and just make it work. I mean, literally, I we were in the car on the way to Sacrifice and I was getting changed yep. from a Louisa costume into a Super Mario costume. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like the most bizarre thing. That was the thing as well. I wrestled four times and I wore three fancy dress costumes. And I was yeah. like, there's never going to be another day of my life where I do that. No, absolutely. Absolute madness. It's the kind of thing you tell a story to people and they go, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you, you should be very proud of the fact that you've achieved that so early doors. It's very big. Yeah, no, I, I, I am very proud of that. It's uh, quite a big achievement. Yeah. yeah, but you're making big waves at the moment with the Odyssey, working with Adonis, <laughs> uh, and doing the meme team with memes leading the helm. Indeed, it's, yeah. Obviously, it's a big challenge to go into working regular tag matches very early on, uh, and then you've got somebody like me who goes, "Yeah, go on." Be the champions. Be the faces yeah. of the division. You got to carry the whole thing, and you got to work everybody off. You go. I think our first response to you was, "Are you sure?" <laughs> it was another one of those. Are you having one of those moments, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> Are you getting PTSD again? And we need to sit you down. I think uh, it was the thing as well. Literally up till that day, hmm. we were still expecting it to not happen. 
<laughs> it was that thing of like they'll realize they've they've made a mistake this it's not going to happen it's not going to happen and we won the belts and it was like I almost felt almost no emotion about it yeah. at the time just because I was like they're, they're just going to take him away there's still, ch- there's still a chance <laughs> to reverse this he's going to come out and he's going to be like there's been a terrible mistake you know? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So he, yeah that was completely surreal and um obviously appreciate you putting your trust in us as well to to hold those belts there was no doubt in my mind because this 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 game is all about consistency um you've got to be consistent you've got to be doing good every time but it's not just having quality matches you've got to be able to connect with the crowd you've got to have the crowd care about you and it was no doubt but the two of you i mean adonis has been probably one of the most standout people of the past year he's just been just evolving in front of our eyes and you as well like i say looking at you a year ago to looking at you now it's a vast difference it's like you've got two or three years under your belt already mm. um and memes memes is a lock you know you can trust memes to do anything any role any match and he'll go and deliver because he's one of the most unsung talents on any roster and mm-hmm. uh, so there was never any doubt whatsoever and of course with what we've been doing in terms of building the, the character team it, it yeah. made sense as well that you're at the forefront of all the feuds you should be at the forefront of the division of course, now you've got to deliver. <laughs> now there's yeah. pressure on you. But, you know, you and Adonis are getting work everywhere else as well. Sacrifice, United, UKPW, lots of places that mm-hmm. it takes a while to get involved in. But you're getting booked in all these places. You're working all these great teams. Yeah. Has that kind of sunk in for you yet? And how's the actual tagging feeling for you? Are you kind of feeling, oh, this is hard work? Or is the, is the psychology of it now kind of really clicking in for you? It looks like it is. But how does it feel to you? I think it's um, for me working with Adonis. I, I don't want to inflate his ego too much. No, no, no he's got enough of it. Is is working with Adonis has always I feel like come relatively easily. Like we had basically our first tag match was our first match against Westside Heat. We'd we'd done a little I think fate show before that as a tag. Um, Obviously, we'd worked in the meme team and we'd done, you know, the three versus three tag. Um, But I think that was our first just the Odyssey tag match that we did. And it just it just clicked. Um, And I think we always had the the mentality. We knew our roles within the tag team. I was the muscle in the tag team. I was I was the girl, but I was the muscle. And he's the guy, but he's the gobby one. And um, I think people enjoy that dynamic as well so I think it kind of connects you with people I think um you know like the the various times where I've literally carried Adonis from the ring <laughs> yeah. Really it. yeah it's it's like one of the most over things we've ever done um so much so I think that the last show like at Sacrifice Hustle was like you've got to do that you've got to do that again like he loved it well Mark um, Mark you know obviously I work with Mark he couldn't stop talking about it for like three weeks. Yeah. He kept saying about, oh, this is the best thing she's ever done. It's really like, it's really got her over to everyone. And it's really made her, you know, solidified her with who she is. And, and everyone can see what she's about. And they've got to do that all the time. And she needs to do that. all. She needs to make that her thing. And I'm like, yeah, Mark, calm down. He's like, no. And he was, he was blown away by it. Yeah. I think we, we had a lot of feedback. I think after that match with Westside Heat, we'd, we'd worked on some bits 
together as well like obviously we, w- we want to make sure that we're a tag team because yeah. I think what you see a lot in in the British wrestling market is two wrestlers tagging together yeah and you can see the difference when there's a tag team versus two tag you know two people tagging together you can see the difference yeah, um and I think we always went into it with the mentality of we're going to be a tag team um and it, it was it is you know just one of those moments of like oh this this is something isn't it it's like this is even from us we got back after that that match and it was just like oh my god what just happened like that was insane and even like gray had messaged and was like you've you've got tagged together more you've yeah. just got to do it that's like that's that can't you can't not do that anymore yeah um and I'm a total um, shit because I'm like, okay, it's your first tag match. It's putting you in with West Side Heat. Yeah. <laughs> you're in there with two absolute just, just studs of performers. And it's, that's how you do. One of the best tag teams easily in the country. Like, they, they work so well. Um, so, yeah, it was like no pressure. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was good. And I think, you know, there's still, there's still, there's always work to be done. And mm. we still have moments where, um there's blips and we sort of do something a bit odd and um like Adonis setting up one of our moves it's like I need to sort of make sure that he sets that up a slightly different way because I think it'll work better and but equally it's like I've worked with it before I was like I am coming at this from the wrong direction I hope Adonis can handle this hit and he just was like oh and go Uh, that was at the United match on that at that day of three shows Mm. Um, and he just had to like back bump something instead of going forward. And I was just like, I hope he can do this and just hit. <laughs> like, but again, it's like trusting that he he can do that. He can, yeah. you know, he can adapt. Um, so you know, it's, it's by no means perfect. We're still a work in progress, but it, it has been one of the highlights this year for me. Has been the Odyssey as a tag team. Yeah. I think it's really helped you, both of you, in your growth. It's really helped both of you with character, with your timing, with just confidence. So, like I say, you both look so much more relaxed out there now. And that's the key thing. When you can look relaxed, even if you're like a duck and under the water, the feet are going crazy. Yeah. If you look relaxed, you look like you know what you're doing, you've you've got people straight away. Yeah, I think, like, last, was it last weekend, UBW? Gosh. Yeah. why are you asking me i don't know i know i'm like yeah it was um obviously that that day was quite a stressful day um and timings and things were a bit off and um rowan flew into the uk that day and um literally arrived fresh from the airport and i think at the point we had to sort of leave the ring because you know the audience were coming in we yeah. really did not have a match together um so it was quite a stressful day and it was kind of like, oh my God, this is going to be a really interesting match. Like, And we were just like, well, see what happens. And it was like, <laughs> we went out there and it was it was a really fun match in the end. And, you know, it, was, it, was, it went as well as it could go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's that, under that sort of level of stress, a year ago, I would not necessarily feel comfortable doing that. Whereas now I'm a lot more like, well, what happens, happens. We'll go with it. <laughs> Exactly that. And and I see, I'm going to, I'm going to reveal something about myself now. 
But I was watching Strictly Come Dancing last night. Oh, where are you from? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I've always, I've always found it. In, well, I've not always found it, but the last few years, I found it quite interesting because I think I appreciate the technicality of it. Dancing is the most translatable skill for wrestling. Exactly. I, I keep saying this. Like Rain has a dance background, mm-hmm. and look at her, like in her first year. Yeah, I genuinely think dancing is the most transferable wrestling skill. I, I totally agree. Absolutely agree. I, I was actually a few years ago, I was looking at trying to get someone that teaches various types of dance into a training session to go through people in terms of foot movement, oh, wow. carrying themselves. Yep. Um, it just, it just, it was before COVID hit and then COVID you know, killed everything. But I was looking at doing something with that. But when I was watching it last night, um, I was, I was, I was thinking about when I was watching it about the, um, what was we actually talking about before this point? I've forgotten. Um, Ray, what was I saying? You were watching memory loss again. We were talking about our match last week, and I was just sort of saying, "If well, we go out there and see what happens." If it goes that's on, it, yeah. yeah, I'll cut that out. Brain yeah, one out thirteen. Okay, um, but yeah, so I was watching that like last night, and I was thinking, like, when you're doing it and you're doing it on a technical level, things will go wrong. Mm-hmm. Things will happen. And one of the judges said last night something that, that I was taught a long while ago. And she didn't, obviously didn't use the word botch. But a botch is only a botch if you don't cover it. Mm-hmm. If something going wrong, you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to style it out at the end. You've got to cover it and make something out of it. If you put your footwork wrong, one of the, one of the female dancers, uh, one of the celebrities put her foot wrong. Um, and it led to a delay in the lift. Uh, mm-hmm. Little things like that. And she said, it doesn't matter that much because you covered it and you carried on you didn't hit your points afterwards you finished yeah. the, the dance good fine done wrap it up same thing with wrestling things will go wrong but it's about how you cover it how you adapt to it how you make the best of it and sometimes when you just go in there with the attitude of yeah i know my points i know what i've got to try and hit just relax give it a go if it goes wrong it goes wrong because if it goes wrong there's nothing you do about it apart from make the best of it absolutely I think as well, like um, my first match with Tommy Kyle, we had a, a small moment where he thought we were going to one bit and I thought we were going to something else and there was a bit of a thing and we just sort of like, oh, it's this, cool. And then we moved on and it was fine. Yeah. And I don't think anyone outside of the two of us knew that we'd gone wrong there. Um, in my match where I tagged with memes, that first match, like I said, went wrong straight away. Mm. There was another bit later on where it didn't quite hit. It went a bit wrong and it was just like, oh, well, he's on the floor. Let's just kick him. And like, just trying to think, well, what what, what would I do in this situation? Like, you know, this wasn't the planned situation. So what am I doing? Like, what's, what's the next move? And I have had um, the benefit this year where <laughs> I've had plenty of matches where something's gone wrong. Um and there's different levels of that for sure, like mm. in terms of what's gone wrong. And sometimes it's something really small and sometimes like, well, we really need to change this and do something. Um, and I think that those experiences are, are what you learn from most. Like I said, it, that weekend of doing three shows, showing up to sacrifice, we'd got sort of a match plan in place. And then we hadn't sort of accounted for the fact that Adonis was going to be on the microphone at the beginning then we've started wrestling it's like oh you've already gone like 12 minutes it's like right need to cut this cut this cut this Mm -hmm. and it was like those just quick quick decisions that you have to make yeah in the ring communicate 
and still have it all make sense and yeah. get your your end point and it's that sort of thing that I found the best learning experience over the last year when it goes well that's lovely but there's only so much you learn from a match going perfectly yeah sometimes when it goes wrong is when you learn the most I, I I've started kind of getting this into my sessions now now that everyone's getting a bit of experience under them one of the things I'm going through in the sessions is trying to get people around to the mindset of just worry about your shit Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry about their part of the match. Like whenever I'm planning stuff, if somebody will go, okay, so um, you know, say I'm doing a tag match, I'm on the apron. Okay, I'll be in with this other person while you're on the apron, Paul. We're gonna do this. I'll just say, no, don't, don't tell me. I don't need to know. All mm-hmm. I need to know is, do I need to break up a pin? Apart from that, I, in the nicest way possible, I don't care what you're doing. You're yeah. handling that. And similar in singles matches. People will say, like, oh, what are you going to do when, when you've got heat on me? I'm going to get heat on you. Just be there for me. You don't need yeah. to know if I'm going to put you in a chin lock. If I grab you, stay down. If I pick you up, post for me. doesn't need yeah. to be more than that. What do I need to do? Uh, to I'll, I'll just be up for you. I think that's been a big thing as well. Like, obviously, being a heel most of the time, understanding that heat doesn't necessarily need to be planned. No. It's like such a realization, and it. I'm now at the point where I'm trying to listen to the crowd mm. when going into the heat because I had a match at DOA recently, um, and I was wrestling. Who was I wrestling? Vanessa, mm. and the crowd were just literally. I think I threw a forearm, and they loved it. And I was yeah. like, "Cool, that's that's what we're doing. Then this is what the heat's going to be. It's going to be like strikes and brawling and." I'm not really going to do many slams because I don't need to. Yeah. We don't need those bumps. That's right. That's cool. Right. It's Great. a key thing. It takes a lot of confidence to, to do that and just, just feel it and work mm-hmm. it when you're out there. But this is what I'm trying to get people around to, to thinking. Calling it on the fly doesn't mean you just things just happen and nobody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Calling it on the fly is more about let's just feel the moment. And uh, – uh, you say to somebody, I'll get you in the corner, I'll give you three punches, come off, tip over. And you get that person in the corner, you give them the three punches, and the people are going mad. And you go, tell you what, we won't do that. Instead, that. Yeah. I'll pick you up for a ten punch, drag me up, whatever. You just Working on the fly is about feeling it and mm-hmm. reacting. And it takes a lot. But that's, that's the next evolution for everyone to get into that confidence. I, I keep saying to people, when you've got the Square One shows coming up, Mm-hmm. or any smaller shows or anything else, try not to plan anything. Try and mm-hmm. go into a match completely dry and just, just work it out as you're out there because that's when you'll learn. Thing. Yeah, Terrifying, but it's when you'll learn. But again, like we said, you know, that, <laughs> that day of three match, three shows and four mm. matches, there was an element of that that ha- happened that day mm. because of necessity. Um, and, you you know, we we were put under that level of pressure and... We just had to sort of crack on with it. And, I, uh, you know, it was, it was afterwards looking back on it and reflecting it. It was like, oh, wow, that was like a huge achievement of doing that and sort of working that out. Like, you know, we had a, we had a match plan going into Sacrifice that we essentially had to completely get rid of. Yeah. Um. So it's, you know, it's a huge learning curve and we we totally got through it. And and as far as I'm aware, Hustle was, was quite happy with that match. That's the key thing. You but, got through it and you booked on the next ones. Mm-hmm. Or the future ones coming up, so it's fine. You got through it. Yeah. The worst thing you can ever do is freeze. 
Oh, for or sure. just go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Anything above that is a win. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think we're looking at heading into 2023 now. I think we've got some big plans coming up, which mm-hmm. say no more, say no more. Mm-hmm. But we've obviously oh, got some. Uh, what, what about, like, can I not wrestle the guy that was lost the coffin match, though? Oh, good God. All right, Tony Sin. <laughs> Oh, that was one of my favourite moments. Wait, it's, we're not going to say who it is, but um, yeah. Can, can I mention who it is? That's, that's in. Don't mention who it is. Oh, okay, I won't mention who it is. So yeah, I'm looking at the guy that lost the coffee. What? Ugh, Jesus Christ. I just sat there and went, oh, my God. <laughs> so, so amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got plans. We're still working out because, again, I'm I'm Very feeling fun. as I'm going along and it's changing and evolving. And what I had down on the piece of paper has gone completely out the window. Yeah. And I need to catch up with you two about that soon and uh, throw some ideas around because I think <laughs> they're going to change what I had planned a little bit. Yeah. But it's, it's still nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good year ahead in terms of, of my stuff at least. And I think that you know you're making waves in sacrifice, UKPW, United, and more and more, and they're all investing in you. So I think it's going to be a good year ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think 2023 is the year to really smash it into overdrive. Um, I'm looking forward to what we're going to do. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. I think, you know, as first years go, I've had a really good first year. Um, and I'm under no illusions of how lucky I've been. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to sort of keeping the momentum going. Um, yeah. I've yeah, looking next year we're going to have you faces new people and yeah, seeing what seeing what comes. Yeah, when we we be doing you against John Cena at me. Ah, oh, I've dropped it. Oh. I shouldn't have said it. Oh, but no, it's going to be very good. I'm looking forward to it. So, what? Well, before we go into the last bit, what would you say your kind of aims are for the next twelve months? You got any goals, or are you just going to literally just ride it and see how it goes? I'll be honest. Like coming into wrestling, my goal was to have a match. Like <laughs> yeah. I said, when I, when I first started training, I had no no goals, no nothing. I just did it because it was it was fun and the community is really good. Um, and then I got back into it post COVID. I thought like, oh, I could I'll get to the point where I'm I'm on a show mm. and have a match. Um, and then I ticked that off in December. And then it was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but I I don't specifically have goals and targets with wrestling because I think the more that I'm in it, the more I understand that like we've said you kind of just an opportunity presents itself and you run with it yeah um so for me I'm just enjoying the ride while I'm on it um and just sort of go you know it'd be great to you know there's there's promotions in my head that are sort of would be a cool promotion to get on if I got onto that level you know that'd be quite special but um whether that's in the next year or if that's in a few years time that's you know to be seen um you know it might never happen but I'm also just happy to run with what what presents itself that's good and honestly you will make you will make the most out of that and you'll achieve the most out of that kind of approach um Mm -hmm. I've seen people do that and do well I've seen people put too much pressure on themselves and they're not around for long you want you want to do this well it's about trusting the process and feeling it and uh you know, you, you've got the right attitude, which I think a lot of that game comes with maturity. Yeah, so, I mean, as I mentioned, the, the, my shoot job is um, at times quite all-encompassing, and I'm I'm due to 
start a job in December now, mm. um, which means that I'll be there permanently and I'm not going to be moving around so much like as I have this year and I'll be able to actually find more of a, hopefully, she says, routine in like my week to week on a week to week basis. I'll have a clearer idea of where I'm going to be on a day, you know, on a daily. And um, I'm hoping that will give me a little bit more space to sort of give wrestling more of my time because I love it so much. Yeah. Um, and it has been a bit of a frustration for me this year when I've not necessarily been able to train as much as I've wanted to, or as I said, like tape study and things like that. So um, but then as well, and this is something that I was going to mention earlier and I forgot, but you've just reminded me. There's been a couple of occasions when you've you've not been physically well enough to train for one reason or another, mm-hmm. but you've still come along and yeah. you've watched and listened. And you've you have had with you the one thing I, I always ask everyone to do, but they, they very rarely do, but it's the best tool anyone can have. It's a notebook. Oh yeah, I love my notebook. Yeah. So many Honestly, people don't do like- it, and so many should should. Most valuable thing. Anything that I learn, I, I, write, I make a note of it in there. Yeah. But it's like I, I take it along to like different classes where I've learned sequences or um, seminar, what this person, you know, what was their key message and what to get across. And yeah. every now and again, I'd be like looking for something different for, say, a match that I've got coming up. And I sort of think, oh, let's have a little flick back through the notebook. And there'll be things that I'd, I've done in my moveset that I've completely forgotten about. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I haven't used that for a while. I could bring that out again. And it's it's so valuable. And the other thing in that notebook is um, I've written down every match that I've had so far and I've got a track. That's so good. I, um, I, and that's fun to look back at. Yeah, I was thinking the other day, like, I remember as a, as a bunch of people years ago when they started out, I gave them all a notebook and I said, you know, log your matches, keep track of it. And mm-hmm. some did, some didn't. But it's it's so important because you get to a point years down the line where you'll look back and you won't remember a lot of it if you've yep. got that record of it. It's I mean, I found actually yesterday, I found mine in the loft of a very short while I started recording some bits in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through it going, I did what? I did where? What was this? <laughs> when, was it? when did I wrestle that person? Because it, it goes because you do so many. But I mean, as, as we know as well, Paul, that you know wrestling sometimes comes with bumps to the head. Um, don't know what so you there's mean. There's matches that you can easily forget. Don't know what you mean. Out your head. I have no idea what you mean. I mean, bearing in mind, it, there's there's been at least three people on the current roster that have given me major head trauma. Yeah. Um, apart from that, I don't know what you mean. My memory is is incredible. Yeah. My focus <laughs> is is un is unsurpassed. But no, I think next year is going to be very very good. Very exciting to see. Yeah. Right. No, Let's go on to the final bit. We'll finish this up. As you know, I always do this because I think it's, a, it's an interesting part to have the real person behind the wrestling because it has nothing to do with wrestling. Let's see if you can have an answer that's nowhere near as dumb as Sin or Adonis. <laughs> so your desert island, you're yeah. stranded. You can pick a movie or a TV show, uh, musical works of one artist or one album, and an item. What are you picking? Can't be a person. Okay, so I think... Film or TV, I love films, but there's only so many times you can watch film over and over again before it gets old. So I think I would have to take a TV series. Um, what one would I take? Maybe South Park, you know. Okay. Uh, hey? Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, South Park is like my humour. <laughs> yeah. 
I've got quite a dark sense of humour. Mm. Um, but, you know, South Park has its, its ups and downs as well. It's like, mm, if I had to pick one series, would that be it? Maybe it would. Yeah, let's go with it. Let's, let's stick to it. Well, the good thing is you've got 20 years of uh, content as well. Yeah, exactly. You, you go back to them early episodes and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. It's a bit of nostalgia going on there. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good choice. I like that. Okay. And music-wise? Um, music, if I had to pick one artist. Again, like with music, I really go in and out of phases of stuff. I listen to a lot of like dance music and stuff at one point, so it's not necessarily like you'd have the works of one artist from that. Mm. Um, so if I had to go with one artist, I think... It'd probably be Bob Marley. Okay. So I, I've I've grown up listening to Bob Marley. Like the, f- the first person I remember listening to Bob Marley was my nan. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember staying over hers, and then like Sunday morning, she was cleaning the house, and she put Bob Marley on, and she's like, you know, every nan does, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and it's still like it's just you know, there, again, there's a big catalog there if you've got the Whalers as well included within that. Um. And there's a real variety of, of stuff within that. Um, I think it's also quite a neutral music that you can listen to it at any time of day. It's never going to get old, is it? No. In any kind of mood <laughs> that you're in. It's, yeah. You know, you you listen to some stuff, you, you've got to be in the right kind of headset for it. Oh, you know, sure, like, yeah. but, but something like Bob Marley, it's it's listenable any time. I think that's, uh, yeah, it'll probably help you deal with the fact that you're deserted on, stranded on a deserted island like it's a die soon. But yeah. Yeah. And what will be your one item? Special emotional item. So I'm not gonna go down the Tony Sin survivalist route. <laughs> no, please no. <laughs> um I was thinking about this so it's like Desert Island. My my instinct went with like I'm a big like I like cozy things. Mm. So I'm like big blanket and cushion kind of girl. And then I was like, on a desert island, it's not gonna be cold. I'm not gonna be after cozy. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna need an Udi on a on a desert island, no. No, I don't think so. Um so it's a bit more of a challenge. It's like I've I've got sentimental things, but what would I take? I, I, I to be honest, if I was gonna take one thing Oh, I d I don't know if you're gonna say it's cheating, but I've got a ton of books that I have got in my house mm. that I've bought to read that I have not read because <laughs> I never have time to read. Yeah. And it's like Desert Island, that's that's primary reading time. So if I could take a bookcase filled with all the books that I have very good intentions to read. Yeah. And have never read. <laughs> it's a bit of a cheat, but it's a it's a fair one. It's not it's not as bad as oh I'll have the entire works of SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, no, that's fair. That's, I feel really like really shallow now because it's maybe like oh, I'd probably take my my autograph to Shawn Michaels' picture. Yeah, what good is that going to be to me apart from me just sitting there going, "Ah, oh, that was a good day." I see. But, I've uh, got like I've got some sentimental. Like I've got um, I think the one childhood toy I've got is a doll that I've had. I literally got on my first birthday, so she's nearly as old as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she's I left her behind originally when I moved moved house and then she's she's since followed but yeah i think i've got to make i've got to make prime opportunity of all that yeah. that reading time that's just presented itself yeah, no, like that. that's fair <laughs> enough. I'll, let, I'll let you off with that one it's it's not as bad as sin or adonis so yeah <laughs> it's not as bad as I'll, I'll take a wrestling ring and a crash mat of course i've got to have the crash <laughs> mat because you know i've got to take myself god he's a special one <laughs> 
No, it's wonderful. Okay, well, look, let's finish this up. So I, I will say this to you. Um, it's been a pleasure booking for you thus far for the past 12 months, uh, partly because uh, a lot of you are my pet project to quite a degree. And same with Tommy Carl, your pet project for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I regard you, Sin, Donis, and Harrison as like a four horsemen kind of little group. Yeah. In a sense, you came through together, you came up together, you kind of had your moments at the same time, and you're all breaking through at the same time. And you're so a close knit unit as well. Uh, Spicer was on the outside as well, but you know, who cares about Spicer? But um, <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit of a pet project seeing you guys succeed. And it's been really fun watching it and seeing you grow and evolve in front of me. Um, it's like a proud parent kind of thing. <laughs> I'm looking forward to what we do next. I'm actually legitimately straight up excited as to what we're going to do next because I think we've got some very fun, very good stories we've got the opportunity of telling and I Mm -hmm. think it's going to be a lot of fun telling them and Mm -hmm. watching the people that are really invested in you guys see it all unfold. Yeah, it's going to be... I think that's what I'm most looking forward to is uh, depending on which route we take, the the reaction and the response to it from from yeah. uh, loyal UBW fans. Yeah. But you should, no, the main thing is, you should be very, very proud of, of what you've achieved in such a short time. It's it's really good and it shows, like I say to people, you wouldn't get the opportunities if we didn't think you could do it. You wouldn't get the chance and the tools to do it if you couldn't run with it. You don't get given a ball unless there's a a slight belief you're going to run and not drop it, but yeah, you've done you've done fantastic in the past year, and you should be very very proud of what you've done, considering everything. You know, kind of short timeline, um, straight into it, coming from a martial arts background as well, and actually adapting that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, be very proud. It's been very very good. I appreciate that. I'm very grateful, like I said, to all the support that I've had around me to make that possible. Um, there's yeah. a good bunch around you've got a lot of good allies in mike and spicer and the other horsemen and, and, Tat and tommy car myself um yeah evie you've got a lot of good support so it's good yeah no i'm very grateful for it so we'll leave it there um i'll probably i'll probably at some point speak to you in a week going when, when, when's the next show when am i next, yeah. are you next booked? who are you doing what are you doing next what's happening I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's all a big blur. Awesome. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Take so, care. So I'm going to pick an, an interesting outro music for you. Don't know yeah. what it'll be yet. And uh, yeah, we'll speak soon. Music is. Yeah. We'll speak soon. Take care. Take care. Bye.
friends we have, oh, good friends.